Bob Sewell. I'm a lawyer. In fact, I'm a partner at the law firm at Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. I started this podcast because my clients always ask me, is that even legal? I want to discuss on this podcast how the law affects us and changes our daily lives. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope it is meaningful to you and I hope you learn from it. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, Is That Even Legal? On this podcast, we talk about what's legal. And today, we're talking about what's legal with regard to marijuana, weed. And our guest today is the attorney, Krizia Verplanke. Krizia is an attorney of Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. She is an employment attorney, primarily representing employers. She's a graduate of ASU University. Krizia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You know, this is a funny subject because a few years back, the thought of weed became, you know, 10 years ago, the thought of weed, marijuana Mm -hmm. being available just on the, you know, local corner store was outrageous. It was crazy. It's completely changed. Yeah. I mean, so... I, I found that nine states, I went out and I looked, nine states now have a policy of recreational and or medical marijuana. I believe they all have medical if they also have recreational. Mm-hmm. And another 20 states have medical marijuana policies. And all this under the backdrop that it's still illegal under federal law. It's a mess. Right. Well, and then on top of that, take at the federal level, too, you have where they've essentially said, Yes, federally illegal, but we're not going to prosecute it. We have bigger fish to fry, right? And so you have this whole thing where federally it's illegal, but if you're just kind of your recreational user, probably okay, still doing something federally illegal. And then like you said, depending on the state that you're in, maybe it's fine in the state that you're in to use it recreationally with your buddies. Maybe medically you get your medical card, it's okay. Or maybe it's completely illegal. So we have this huge web of overlapping laws and everyone's trying to figure out what do I do with the laws? How do I figure out what I'm allowed to do at the state level, federal level, and how do those intertwine? And it's created really kind of like this legal mess that everyone is trying to figure out. And at any moment, because it's still illegal, at any moment under federal law, if we have an administration that just says, nah, we don't like it, we could have a completely different landscape than we see today. Am I right? Exactly. Exactly. One of the things that is really concerning for those states who have recreational marijuana is what do employers do? I mean, employers are caught in this web and they may or may not agree with recreational marijuana, but they definitely don't want their employees high at at work. And what do employers do? So from the outset, can I have a policy that is anti-marijuana. If I ha- if I am an employer, can I say, if you use marijuana, don't work here? So first of all, it's complicated. Okay. So like we talked about with those web of laws, everyone needs to look. If you're a California employer, different laws apply to you than if you're an Arizona employer or a Texas employer. So you need to look at those things and look at what 
is allowed under your state's laws, what is allowed in terms of marijuana use. But as a base level, yes, if you're a private employer, especially, you are given so much leeway on what you're able to require of your employees. So if you're an employer and you don't want your employees to use any types of drugs, you can have a policy that says that because you're a private employer and you can really regulate the types of people that you hire. Now, there's issues that you run into. What if I am an employee of you and I have my medical marijuana card? Okay, in some states, I have a private right of action if you come against me and say, hey, you can't use marijuana, but I have a doctor over here who said I need it for whatever my medical reason is. That's a whole other issue that sometimes gets forgotten about is if I have a medical marijuana card, I have a medical reason to be using marijuana. And so employers need to be careful too if you have an employee who is using marijuana at home to treat a medical illness that they have, you have to be really careful because if you discipline them in some states for using marijuana and they have that medical marijuana card, you could be facing a lawsuit. Okay. So how do I then set a standard? If I'm an employer, what's a reasonable standard? Mm -hmm. And so again, there's a lot of things to think about, right? So one, you can have your policy that says, we don't allow drugs in this workplace, a drug-free work policy. And that would include marijuana. And if your employees come in, you have a basis to fire them. But another thing that I encourage a lot of employers to think about is now, especially like we talked about with the changing landscape and marijuana becoming more acceptable, sometimes that keeps people from applying to jobs or wanting to come work for a company. If I'm choosing between job A and job B, and I like to go and Friday nights I get off work and I like to go and hang out with my friends and sometimes we smoke weed. I don't want to be concerned about my employer firing me on Monday when I'm no longer under the influence, but hey, on the weekend I did something. And so if I have to choose between job A that's going to says you can't do it and you could potentially be fired and job B, I might go to job B and maybe I think I'm a great candidate for every job I go to. And so they are missing out on me if I decide that's something I want to do. So think about that. Think about all those other things that come into play. But to answer your question, yes, and a private employer can for sure say, we don't want you to use drugs. That includes marijuana. And they can prohibit that. (laughs) That's amazing. You know, (laughs) hearing you talk reminded me of a podcaster, very famous podcaster, Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. He had Elon Musk on. And Elon Musk was sitting there and doing his thing, talking to Joe. And and next thing you know, <laughs> Elon Musk is getting high with Joe on the podcast. Yep. Don't worry. It's not going to happen here on my <laughs> podcast. Okay. So, but an employer, an employee, an employer, I really have an interesting dance when it comes to marijuana. Right. I mean, one of the things that's different about marijuana than, say, alcohol is, If I want to let loose on Friday night and have a drink, by the time Monday morning comes around, it's not in my system. Right. If you were to test me, I would not – it would not show up as uh, me being under the influence of alcohol. Right. But if I have marijuana, there's a strong likelihood that come Monday morning, I'm still – having that in my system. Whether or not I'm high is a different story, but it's still in my system. Right. And that's exactly the problem because like you mentioned with alcohol, if I think you're drunk, you're my employee, I can get you tested, blood test, breathalyzer, and I will know with certainty, is there alcohol in your system that's impairing you? I can know that with alcohol. And like you said, with weed, that's not the case. 
you can smoke and it's going to remain in your system for a period of days after, after the point where you're no longer impaired. And so it makes it extremely difficult as an employer. Like I said, maybe your employee is just doing it not during work hours. It's in no way impairing their work. And do you want to discipline them for things that they're doing not at work that aren't impacting their ability to work? And so a lot of times what I think is really important for employers to remember and not get so worried about it is pay attention to your employees. What are they doing? If you are out there, you see someone, one of your employees, and they're clearly under the influence, it doesn't matter what it is, alcohol, weed, a harder drug, they can be disciplined for that, hands down. People cannot be showing up to work under the influence. That's just, you can't do that. But what if I'm, what if I have a legitimate medical purpose for my marijuana use? And I go to this employer and I, yeah, when you test me, I'm going to be shown to be under the influence, mm-hmm. whatever it is, pain or whatever reason I need it. And I'm, and I got the medical marijuana card. Do you get to fire me? I have this medical condition, Krizia. And you're going to hate this answer, but it depends. The states have varied on it. And so, for example, there's case law out there that says exactly that. I'm a medical marijuana user. I use it for this specific purpose. I use it at night, right before I go to sleep. And by the time I get to work the next day, I'm no longer impaired. But some courts have said, you know what, private employer, you have the right to fire them. And then other states, there are states that have a private right of action within their medical marijuana law that says employers can prohibit their employees from using medical marijuana, even if they have that medical marijuana card. And so they can prohibit it, or maybe they can't. And then if you get caught using marijuana off your work hours, you can sue your employer. And so again, for employers, it's really, really important. If you're in Arizona, come and find an employment lawyer, come and talk to me. If you're in California, find an employment lawyer, go and talk to them and ask them, get into those specifics. What am I allowed to do as an employer? Because Again, with that web that we talked about at the very beginning, it is so complicated and it depends on the law of the state that you're in. Can you tell someone who has a medical marijuana card that they can't use? I, I, I still don't like what you're saying. And I, and the reason being mm-hmm. is, you, you know, with, with alcohol, it's pretty set. You, you have these blood alcohol tests and you know when someone's impaired and, right. and we have these... Um, levels for, well, this is okay for driving or not okay for driving. And with marijuana, we don't have have that, that. do we? We don't. And so we don't have these same scientific studies to show exactly when someone's impaired and when they can't do their job or can't do, you know, drive a car, do we? Right. We don't. And, you know, if I was a scientist and smarter than I am, I would be trying to figure that test out because it extends outside of the employment context. Think about the police. Think about all those things. Everyone is facing this issue. And at some point, if I had a bet, I would say federally at some point, it's probably going to become fully legalized across the nation. And everyone's going to be facing these same problems. How do we determine if someone's still impaired or if someone is not? And Right now, we don't have the technology. We don't have the means to do that. So that's a struggle everyone is dealing with because I think everyone can agree employers don't want employees who are under the influence at work. And employees don't want to be under the influence at work. So how do they know? 
you know, it's not, you ask, you ask someone who's under the influence of alcohol, if they're under the influence, like, no, I, I, they always say, no, I'm, I'm doing just fine. They don't know necessarily how far gone they are necessarily. Some do, I'm certain, but quite a few will say, I'm not under the influence. I Mm -hmm. can hound my alcohol. They always say stupid stuff like that. Is it the same thing for marijuana? Are they having that same internal dialogue? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so if I'm an employer, should I have a, a concern about having a policy? It is still illegal under a federal law. And I have a policy. My policy is, sure, bring your marijuana in your purse or your, or your pocket to work. Just don't do it on my campus. Is that a problem? Is my policy okay? So generally speaking, I would highly recommend against allowing employees to bring substances onto your workplace campus, whether that be alcohol, marijuana, anything else. You can prohibit that. And also you can prohibit them from using it on the workplace. But Krizia, I mean, come on. Attorneys are famous for being loaded. (laughs) Right. They're famous. You go into every major law firm and you will find a bar to get high, you know, to get loaded on. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's there at every major law firm. They have the bar to offer to the employees at five o'clock on a Friday or Thursday. I mean, my my very first firm was like that at five o'clock after the boss left. He had alcohol there for everyone, and they'd knock off at five and start drinking every single day. That was it. And so am I really concerned? So, yes, I think as an employer, especially with the lay of the landscape right now, like we talked about, it's still federally illegal. It still has this weird aura about it where, you know, you may be really against it. I may be really for it. And like, we're in the same workplace and everyone's like that. And it has, it's such this gray area that right now, like, I agree with you. I've been in plenty of law firms. There's alcohol everywhere. It's in attorney's offices. It's like you said, maybe there's a bar area. I don't see that being the case for weed. And I would advise against until we get some clarity, at least at the federal level from having a policy where you just allow people to bring weed into the workplace. Yeah. And I'm, and Chrissy, I'm playing devil's advocate. I hope you know that Mm. the attorneys, as you know, there's a huge problem with alcoholism with our Mm -hmm. clan. We got to address that. And law firms really should be more careful about that. In my opinion, having alcohol on the campus, especially considering how widely it's abused inside our profession. But I want to switch gears a little bit. Okay. If an employer wants to have uh, a no weed policy, no marijuana policy, Mm -hmm. must it be written? So I always err on the side of every policy being written because at the end of the day, if you're trying to enforce something that's unwritten, that leaves a lot of room for, well, you never told me that. I didn't know. You told me different. You told me only Monday through Thursday, but on Fridays it was okay. And so while it doesn't have to be written, it makes your job as an employer a lot easier if you need to enforce that policy. If there's a lawsuit because of that policy, you can whip out your handy little piece of paper, be like, ah, paragraph three right here. 
here's our policy. It's clear. We're enforcing it. And it says if you get caught under the influence, if you get caught with weed in your purse, if you get caught with this, here's exactly what you do. Here's our disciplinary procedure. And we're starting you at step one, like we say in our policy. And it's clear there's not a lot of room for dispute. It saves a lot of headache. But Crisia, I can't afford that. I mean, it might be good for employers who hire you, the rich employers, but my company only has 10 people, 15 people, 20 people, mm-hmm. whatever it is. We can't afford that, right? I mean, I can't afford that employment policy. Is that my, is that a good attitude? You know, and I hear that a lot. And especially a lot of people I work with are local business owners. You know, maybe they have one store, two stores, they're family owned businesses and they come to me and hear, how much is it going to cost to do this? And I'm not going to tell you it's cheap. But here's what I tell them. It's worth it because you might spend some money here, but do you know how much litigation costs? Oh, it's outrageous. And if someone comes and sues you just to get to the point where maybe you did nothing wrong as an employer, but to get to the point where I, as your attorney, can come in and prove to a court and get the case dismissed is going to cost you way, way more than that initial investment you make to get a clear written policy. One lawsuit is going to far exceed into the tune of sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. than, than the measy couple grand for an employment policy and, yeah. the, and the occasional couple few hundred bucks of updating it, I'm a certain, certain. That's correct. I, you know, and here's the other thing I've noticed too with a lot of the smaller businesses I work with is they want to do things right and they don't want to be breaking the laws, whatever it be. And they're trying. But at the same time, you and I went to law school and like there's times where I look at laws and I'm like, what are they saying here? And then I have to go through and do the research. And yet we expect small business owners to somehow navigate this very complex landscape. And sometimes they just get it wrong. And at the end of the day, those little mistakes, even though they're unintentional, can end up costing a lot. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, one of the issues that we've seen in law firms and with employment lawyers Mm -hmm. that I've talked to is that they will have a problem and during one administration, but when that next administration comes in, the policy at the EEOC might change Mm -hmm. and suddenly there's no problem anymore or vice versa. They're, they have, they're doing okay under one policy in one administration and not doing okay under another policy. Right. So important to be well advised. Really, really important. And even if it's just simply, you know, having a general consultation kind of agreement with a lawyer where you can call in and be like, hey, new administration, I heard there's a new law or even, you know, checking in on podcasts like this and just kind of being kept up to date on what's happening. Because sometimes if you're not in the know, like there's a whole world moving on over here that I know I don't know about, like pick a, any topic I don't know about. I haven't, I couldn't tell you the ins and outs of it. And so sometimes it's just worth it to have a reliable resource where you can at least go check in and just do a quick read and be like, here's a new issue in employment law and I'm an employer. I should check and see if my policy's up to date on this or if my practices are reflecting this, you know, even with things like minimum wage laws and things like that are changing pretty constantly. And if those get overlooked, again, hefty fines, you know, and it can go, it's just crazy. Yeah. And, and they're not merciful, the federal government. No. On those issues, no. they're not merciful. What, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. an employee. Yeah. 
an employee has a problem if they're not careful here, right? Yes. What should they do to protect themselves if they are the occasional weed user? What should they do to protect themselves? One, find out if your employer has a policy. Do they? And I know that's not helpful, but if they do and you know, like I mentioned earlier with job A and job B, if you know your employer has a policy that strictly prohibits the use of marijuana and they say, hey, we do random drug tests, we can drug test you if something goes wrong. That should be in the back of your head a little bit whenever you're thinking, mm, all right, do I want to go hang out with my buddies and smoke tonight? You could go mm. into work on Monday and you're that's just a risk you're running. Now, maybe your employer doesn't drug test that often or you're feeling real lucky. Go ahead. But no, that's a risk. Where on the other hand, maybe your employer doesn't have a policy. Maybe they're one of those employers that wants to kind of be an open work environment. And then in that case, like, it's pretty easy. Don't be an idiot. Like, don't show up to work under the influence. You wouldn't show up to work drunk. Don't show up to work high. Yeah. Yeah. Krizia, thank you for coming on. Yes. It's been a pleasure having you. Your knowledge is obviously vast in this area. And if I was an employer, yeah, how would I get a hold of you? Yeah. So the easiest way is just to go onto the Davis Miles website. All of my contact information is on there, email, phone number. So if you wanted to reach out to me, you could do it that way. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. If you like to go on there and just connect and see what's going on, um, I try to repost relevant things on there as best I can. I'm not as good as I would like to be, but that's another way I do check that. And so, yeah, going on to the Davis Miles website, you can email me, call me, message me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty accessible. I try to respond as quickly as I can. So yeah, if you're an employer and have questions, I'm more than happy to help you navigate this issue. Any other issue that you have as an employer, like my job is to try to make employers' jobs easier. And I really enjoy doing that. So super awesome. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much. Folks, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast, Is That Even Legal? A discussion of what's legal. Just as a reminder, this is not legal advice for you. This is general information. It's meant to be educational. If you have specific legal needs, don't be afraid to reach out to an attorney to get good legal advice. Attorneys are lovable. They're fun. They want to hear from you. See you next time.